Price Spots and Cheap Pops. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Silicon Steve Daly. I am joined by Laddie Daddy. Oh, he likes to party. And ladies and gentlemen, it is SummerSlam week. Triple H's first run through booking the big shows and he starts with the second biggest pay-per-view or supposed to be the second biggest pay-per-view of the year and we're going to get into that we're going to get into what triple h's direction will be in general we're going to get into aew but right now without further ado body dotty how are you feeling and are you ready for our summer slam pick yes i'm doing great and i'm excited to do these picks as we are in the triple h era as him being the head of talent relations and also the head of creative, which in wrestling terminology, when you combine those two entities, what we have is Triple H is officially the booker of WWE. And I haven't seen this sort of thing since, of course, his NXT days, which, as you well know, I was a big fan of. And I'm excited for it. This is a new division of... um, the history of WWE. Uh, this is post Vince, first and foremost. Uh, do I expect him to just basically, um, you know, turn the table over and just flip it on the entire on the fans? No, I think he's going to do some things that make some sense here. I think he's going to basically shake things up a little bit. Maybe have some surprises, perhaps. But it should be very cool. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to this. And and honestly, if Vince was still in charge, I probably wouldn't be as excited for this event. But now. You know what? I'm curious. I'm, I kind of want to dig. I, I want to see where they go with this. I think you're extraordinarily have every right to be more optimistic and excited for this new brand of WWE because we've been bitching and crying about the same situation for a decade now. And it's that Vince doesn't know how to book in the 2010s. So without any further ado, we give you our SummerSlam picks. Triple H inaugural event. Yay, Triple H. It's time to play the game, folks. All so. right. Well, let's lay it on, Vladi Dotty. I will let you guide us through this card, which I wasn't even 100% on until I reviewed my picks. It's like, oh, shit. They're wrestling yeah, it, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's start it off with, uh, I believe it's a no DQ match, Mysterios versus Judgment Day. Uh, they had a bit of a, uh, let's call it a tussle on Monday Night Raw at uh, from MSG. And, uh, you know, it seems like what we have here is uh, Mysterios with Ray and Dominic versus Balor and, uh, uh, what's his name? Shit, the big dude. Damien Punishment Martinez. Damien yeah, Priest. Yeah, Damien Priest. I, I wanted to call him Punishment Martinez, which I think was his old... Bring him on her name. Uh, so Damian Priest, who actually I'm, uh, who I think has some talent personally. Um, but my pick for this match, I think Edge returns, costs Judgment Day the win, and I'm going to say uh, Mysterio's win this. I'm actually going to go with Judgment Day, and I think you have a great, better idea of what's happening. I actually think I've, I screwed myself here. I think I'm going to be down at another match. Uh, however, I have faith that they're not going to give up on everything that Judgment Day was supposed to be. Judgment Day was supposed to be a big deal. Judgment Day was supposed to be something that was really exciting. And it was for a while. They lost all their momentum. They have an opportunity to get some of this momentum back. Teasing Dominic turn. They tease a lot of turns, though. But more importantly, with Rhea Ripley coming back, you like to think Judgment Day gets the win here. If not, I don't see this faction 
it just might as well just explode it now because it's completely done. Unless Edge will come back and feud with them, but I can't see Edge losing that. So I think I screwed myself. I think Edge does come back. He's been teasing coming back. There's been a lot of that. Yeah. But I said Judgment Day, so... Okay. Yeah, and I and I read that uh, evidently Edge was supposed to be there on Monday night and actually be the tag team partner for Ray, uh, but he had travel issues. So I guess he missed a flight, or they had some issues with the plane that he was supposed to get up there from the Carolinas into New York, couldn't make it. So hey, let's go with Dominic and his Eddie Guerrero hairstyle, and they put on a hell of a show, right? So next match, we're gonna go with this one. Logan Paul versus The Miz. Do you want to go first? I don't think it's a question. I think Logan Paul wins this match. I think he gets the win over The Miz. Because I don't think he loses his debut singles match. This guy is a WWE superstar. He's not a celebrity coming in now. He is a WWE guy. Quite frankly, he wasn't too bad in in every chance he's gotten. You got to turn him heel. But at the end of the day, I think Logan Paul gets his first win. Miz does the favors for his YouTube buddy. Yeah, I agree with that. Logan Paul as well. That's who I'm choosing. Uh, interesting, um, like shotgun fire sort of start with Logan Paul and uh, Miz fighting it out on Raw before they could even do a promo, which is sort of weird. But I heard the psychology with that was that they didn't want Logan Paul to get booed by the New York crowd. Smart. Yeah, so that's smart because I could see him getting booed because he's been known to be sort of a dick. So, um, next match. None other than for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley versus uh, Who's Your Daddy? Austin Theory. Or Theory, as it's still, as he's still being called. So, I will give you my uh, prediction here. I'm going to say Bobby Lashley re- wins the match and retains. I agree with that. I think Bobby Lashley, there's no way you can have him lose this match straight up to theory again theory hasn't is not ready yet and, and maybe they pull the reins back on at least a couple months um i don't know if he cashes in this particular it's a thing with triple h you don't know where he's going we don't really know he's going to do something big and i think the, the the world championship match is going to be part of that um but i don't think theory wins this one i think they're going to continue kind of the downward spiral because, hey, it doesn't matter because all he has to do is cash in that briefcase and all of a sudden he's top of the world. Right. And then you can go and lose lose the title in three and a half months and have an unconsequential title run like Biggie did. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, let's go to tag team wrestling. And we have the unified tag team champions, the Usos, versus the Street Profits with... None other than one of my most hated wrestlers, Jeff Jarrett, being the referee, because what they're in Tennessee and he's a god down there, I guess. So, uh, uh, I chose the last time, it doesn't matter, anyways. We've shared picks, uh, shared our picks here. I'm just gonna say it. I, I chose the Usos on this one. Oh, no, I picked Street Profits. Okay, gotcha. I think, I, I don't, I think Jet, Jeff Jarrett is in his hometown. I guess he's trying to get a little bit of heat, though, because on Sunday night, he's going to be in that match with Ric Flair. Yeah. You know, if you saw the setup to that, Ric Flair was kind of a dick. But anyways, I think Jeff Jarrett and the Street <laughs> Profits get, the, I guess Jeff Jarrett and the Street Profits, they get the big pop, they get the big win. And I actually think that the Usos do lose this match. I think their title reign comes to an end. 
they got to change them. And also the street profits. It's been a long, the users have had a really good run here. They've, they've actually had some really great matches. So I think it's time those street profits deserve it unless they split them up, which is something that's been teased often. And many people are already saying it should have happened already. So I would argue that they're going to get a title, a tag team championship title reign one last time, and then they'll break them up shortly after that. But I think street profits win this one. Yeah, I'd prefer the Street Profits personally. I think that'd be uh, just better storytelling, and, and I, I'm a fan of theirs. I think that I think those two guys should be together, even even if they're being singles, you know, wrestlers. I think uh, they should be kept together. But you know, who am I to say that? But uh, for some reason, I just got a feeling the Usos are going to win, keep the bloodline rolling, if you will. Uh, I, I would say this is my fix. There's not really a big baby face, baby face in the championship match, or really anywhere else, if you really, except for maybe Bianca. Liv Morgan's getting there, but not really. Street Profits are arguably the biggest babyface male babyface stars on the card, and you can win that one so the crowd can go home really happy no matter what happens. So I right. think that would be a match people can be happy about. So that was also part of my thinking. Gotcha. All right. How about this next match? I know you're waiting for this one with bated breath. Uh, we got Pat McAfee versus Baron Corbin. Yeah. <sighs> Aaron Corbin. I'm going Pat McAfee. Wow. Wow. That's three different ones here. The If you sweep me, this purple one is not coming home. I just sent it to you right now. Yeah, just FedEx it, man. You know, we'll have two more pay-per-views after that, though, because we'll have the Crassel mm-hmm. one, and we'll have All yes. Out. So, yes. And we're getting together for All Out. Wild, brother. <laughs> so this is an action-packed, action-packed, quarter it is it is certainly is um all right next match this is another women's championship match it's actually for the raw women's title we got bianca belair versus becky lynch i think bianca wins this one i think triple h bucks the history bucks that history and gets the win in her hometown which i know vince was famous for not doing and you can go back to sasha Banks. yes I, the list goes on and on of people who were in their hometown and they lost a big match. I don't think they do that here. I think this is maybe Triple H's stamp. No, we're going to actually make the fans happy. Right. And the yeah. hometown girl, Bianca Belair, sustained, retains the championship and had a pretty good six, five or four or five months so far since she won the title at WrestleMania. This win over Becky, another definitive win over Becky would give her, I think, elevate her just a little bit, put her really at maybe the top two or three in the company if you don't put their, her there already. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. I think Bianca wins. It's a good moment. Uh, Becky does a job once again. I mean, she has not won in forever, um, but I guess doesn't necessarily need to. Um, but Bianca Belair is one of the most talented women wrestlers that's out there currently, um, and this is going to add to her legacy. So I have uh, no qualms whatsoever saying that she's going to win this match. All right. Uh, from there, let's go to the other women's match with a SmackDown women's title, where we have none other than New Jersey's own Liv Morgan versus Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Who do you got for that one? I actually went Liv Tyler. Liv Mor- I keep on calling her Liv Tyler. I, I went with Liv Morgan. Um, I think there's some momentum with her. I think if you have her lose here, you could lose that momentum with her. I think Ronda Rousey can still be dominant and still be Ronda Rousey, 
with if she loses this match, maybe you could protect her in some other way. But I think it's too early to let Liv give up that championship. She's one of the most popular acts, if not the most popular act on SmackDown at this point. No reason to take that championship off of her. I think Liv Morgan wins this one. I 100% agree. I'm going with the Jersey girl, Liv Morgan. I think you're going to continue with her. They've got to get away, and they actually have gotten away with Liv Morgan not being one of the four horse women holding the belt, uh, or and or like or the MMA horse women being Rousey holding the belt. So they finally have somebody on SmackDown that's not associated with uh, that those two groups. So I think Liv holds on to it. Maybe when Charlotte returns, that's a built-in feud immediately. Bailey. But for the time, uh, oh, and actually Bailey would be a great one actually for she returns and uh, uh, because she would get incredible heat and would know how to work with Liv and would definitely be a great like uh, mentor if you will in that feud for her. I, I, I'm you know I, nobody's really thought about Bailey in a while, and I'm looking forward to her return because she's been doing she's done great work before that injury. I absolutely love Bailey. She's my favorite woman yeah. superstar. Absolutely. Yeah, she's great. So, right. But I think Liv wins that one. So on to yeah. the next, Vladdy Dottie. And the next one is the main event. Uh, as we got a, it was a last man standing match of all things for the uh, uh, unified world title between none other than the head of the table. You're an at my tribal chief. You heard me. Is there no intercontinental championship match? No, I don't think so. Did wow. you see one? Like, why is that the shit title now all of a sudden? I don't get it. Um, but yeah, you have Roman it, versus Brock Lesnar here. I, <laughs> Brock only came for this, came out for this program. So you, you would think he loses this match and you go Roman. Um, Austin Theory being part of it, the specter of Austin Theory and him teasing of what he's going to do. He could not even do it. In fact, if it was Vince McMahon, we might be just going off air with he Roman head of the table one last time. And that's how you go off the air. Triple H is going to want to do something big at the end of his pay-per-views. That was something that he did like to do at NXT. Tony Khan does it opposite. Ring of Honor did it. WWE, not so much. It was never a big thing. But your biggest pay-per-views, you always try to have a surprise. You always try to have something really epic at some point. I think this might be a spot where Triple H could pull something out of his ass. But I don't know what it is. So with all things being even, I don't think there's any way you pick against Roman Reigns at this point. He finally exercises Brock Lesnar from his island of relevancy. Yeah. And I loved Roman in New York City with Heyman, man. It was just great, I got to say. It was a great moment, great segment with those guys. And I'm choosing Roman as well. I almost wonder if, like, Theory's going to cost Brock the title here. And that's one of the ways that they're going to get with uh, Brock sort of losing the match. Um, the other thing is, too, you know, that's looming here is they announced recently, it might have been today or yesterday, that uh, the Seth Rollins versus Riddle match is not going to take place. Riddle got injured, evidently. I don't know if that's... It's it a work. Like part of, yeah, it's a work storyline. Meltzer, so, yeah, Meltzer reported today that it was definitively a work. So, you know, there was a little bit of interaction with with Rollins and um, Roman uh, as Rollins came out at MSG to go and injure Riddle. Yes. I, it makes me wonder if if 
if Rollins gets involved here, and you mentioned the whole big moment thing, I that is where I think the magic with Triple H might happen, where somebody returns. And um, basically, we know it's not Cody because he's not, you know, ready yet physically. So he's got to bring somebody else back. And, you know, you and I can probably go down the list. I personally am hoping it's Bray Wyatt in some form. I'm hoping it's not necessarily the Fiend. But if it's Bray Wyatt, I'd be more than pleased because they do have a history. Uh, I don't know. You know, we're just talking off the top of our heads. If you have any ideas to anybody else that may or may not come back. Uh, But. I think Rollins of all people, because he's the lightning bolt as well. Um, yeah. And he's, and he's and, the best wrestler on, he's yeah. literally the best wrestler in your company. He yes. Got, he has to be on the pay-per-view. It would yes, like 100%. be in new Japan, putting Okada, keeping Okada off the pay-per-view. Right. And so he's got to have some sort of involvement here as well. And hell, maybe he gets, maybe instead of theory, like I just said, maybe it's Rollins, the one that's costs, um, Lesnar, the title here. But you're going to see some sort of interaction here. But, you know, when we're just doing our picks here, I'm going to say Roman retains uh, because, you know, I think you and I are on the same page. I got a feeling McIntyre is going to take it from him at this castle match in Scotland or in the United Kingdom. So, you know, uh, Roman uh, basically uh, saves the day once again and, and walks out as our tribal chief once again. By the way, I have a question. Before, sure. before I, I, I have a, I, I, I'm going to fantasy book this for you real quick. Absolutely. Happen on, come on, on uh, Saturday night. But my question is, Roman has two championships, right? Mm-hmm. Are they unified, completely unified as one title, one championship now? Is that what the case is? Or does Theory have to pick which one he tries to win? It's confusing. You should have had the title made already if you were combining them. It's confusing. <laughs> anyway, here's yeah, what I, I think would make you happy and make everyone out there in YouTube land and in Spotify land. What would make you happy? Triple H comes out, gets a nice pop. He should come out and get a pop. He should come out and get that respect. The crowd would love to see him just one time. And he makes the announcement. Seth Rollins, considering you are the only one to have a, a singles victory over Roman Reigns the last, since he's been champion, which was at the Royal Rumble, when Roman got disqualified, you are now inserted into this and making a triple threat match. The only problem is it's a last man standing match. Yeah. Just cancel that. Make it a triple threat match. That's all you need. Theory then could cash in and not have to pin Roman or Brock, can pin Rollins, or Rollins can pin Theory even if he interjects himself in the match just like Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins pulls off the heist of the century and takes the championship. That would make everyone – that arena would explode. If Theory tries to do the exact same thing Seth did, but Seth reverses it and pins him instead. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Is it going to happen? No, because I think you might be right about that. But you might not. Seth has a history with Triple H. Seth, theoretically, is the only guy, really, who can carry that championship as well as Roman is. Maybe not quite as well with the whole package. But Seth can do it because he's done it before and as a heel. 
And what he does in the ring is incredible. So there's no way I got this was something Triple H is going to do big. Now that we know that it was a shoot or a work with Riddle's injury, this is something that Triple H is planning something big. Also, Triple H retweeting, I hear you. Yeah. Adding to the it. fact the fact that he acknowledged it, he's tipping his hat. And this is what that that like that tweet alone has me interested in maybe watching it live. So um watching yeah, it live. It, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a very intriguing sort of moment that we're going to be seeing here at that main event. And um, it should be really something else as far as how this evolves, because this is where Triple H can start making his mark. It's going to be exciting. This is the most excited I've been about a WWE pay-per-view in a very long time, and it's because of Triple H. Yeah. I'm optimistic, and it's the first time I've been optimistic about WWE booking in a long time, because how many times... Did, have you said, Vladdy Dottie? You told me, oh, this, you can't wait till this guy gets up on the main roster. Can't wait till this guy gets up on the main roster. And I never got excited about him because I knew what would happen, which did happen. Almost squashed it. All the excitement, all the joy, everything was ripped out of them. And then their characters and reputations were nearly destroyed beyond comprehension. And then most of them are wrestling in AEW. <laughs> Ironically enough, I think the last guy I sort of brought in front of you from NXT was LA Knight. Did he what just happened with him? Because they changed his name and yeah, they, they made they it. kick him they off made, TV. Yeah, they basically uh I think it got to the point where he realized that this uh this gimmick was bullshit and he quote unquote was rubbing people the wrong way, and they replaced him with his sister storyline. And um, ah. basically, yeah, and, and 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 here you go. It's like um, they basically moved him away and out of this. So, again, guys uber talented, can work, can talk. I mean, he's not just a – L.A. Knight himself is um, – Eli Drake is not just a manager. He can, he can perform. And what do they do? They go and make him the head of a modeling agency where they take one of the guys from um, – I forget the group, man. He was Mace or whatever. And they then looked they like a in. Rick Martell ripoff. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely. That's a great point. And um, and he saw how like, how this was going. I mean, and like, why would you go? Like, I when I was when I was watching L.A. Drake slash Eli uh, or L.A. Knight slash Eli Drake, I was almost reminded of The Rock in the way he performed his promos. And they totally try to neuter him and change him into something else, which I didn't understand in the slightest. But just to serve your point, once again, it's like one of those things where I was wrong because Vince saw something that basically he didn't want to deal with for some reason. And I don't understand why you wouldn't want to incorporate that on your main show, especially like when it's on Fox. The guy can talk his way out of any issue whatsoever. He's quick-witted, decent performer. Oh, shit. Let's put him in as the manager of the guy of these two failures here. I don't understand that thinking whatsoever. And thank God that these NDAs were found, and we don't have to deal with it. So who knows what's on the horizon? Well, that's the thing, and that's why you're so optimistic. So, yeah, uh, yeah you're right. LA Knight was – I liked LA Knight. He's, he, he reminded me of a – and I'm probably being silly, but he reminded me of a smaller but just as charismatic – Evan Ego, all ego. Evan Page is that his name? Page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ethan Page. Ethan Page. Sorry, Evan. Poor Evan. Poor Page. Evan. Now getting tweets. Hey, I heard you're a worker. And by the way, Ethan Page. Very, very. Ethan Page actually tweeted today. 
that he gets to be on TV. He's like, great. I'll see you another five weeks. So he's definitely one of a lot of guys in the back that are thinking they should be on TV. And then they're not. So AEW is not quite as happy go lucky as everyone thinks. But if you see, if you have patience, things play out to their advantage, as long as you stay consistent. So, and we can, we'll get into that with the AEW stuff later, because some things are really coming into play where people said, be patient. And now people, it looks like people are going to get some pushes, but we're going to get into that when we come back. So all good. We have some, we had three differences in this pay-per-view. Correct, sir. I believe three differences. What did you think about the fantasy booking of Seth freaking Rollins walking out as champion after he pins theory when theory tries to Seth Rollins him? Um, it's an inter- very interesting idea, uh, for sure. Especially the whole, I hear you thing. And I can see where you're going with that. Um, and that place would go nuts for sure. Seth Rollins is way over. And what I'm, I'm confused about is like the fans want to like, like basically embrace him even on the sort of heelish sort of with his heelish ways. And he's this close to being something otherworldly but for whatever reasons they keep on pulling the reins back and here's a question for you now that triple h is there do you think he'll continue with the moronic laugh or does he pull back on that a little bit i think this is a seth rollins thing i think seth rollins is putting everything into this character so i don't think it's going to change and it's working despite how much we dislike it the fact is the guys arguably has not been this over babyface or heel I wouldn't say ever, but at least since he first had his first title title run. Um, so Seth Rollins is really doing some of his best work of his career right now, despite looking like a clown. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. But the guys in ring performing, what he did with Edge, what he did with Cody, putting everybody over that he can. That's the other thing. This guy's been losing a lot. And when a, when a really great heel loses a lot and does it in the kind of fashion he does, they start cheering him. It happened with Randy Savage. It happened mm-hmm. with the Honky Tonk Man. I'm just kidding. It didn't happen with the Honky Tonk Man. But it happened with Shawn Michaels, another great example. The crowd starts gravitating to these guys because they see, the, even though they're dicks, they don't give up. And you know what? They make us laugh or they make us yeah. smile. That's what you see happening with Seth Rollins. He's getting the respect um, from really everybody. And I think there was a time where Seth Rollins really got the respect of wrestling fans. WWE sports entertainment fans did, maybe didn't respect him for a hot time. Where the wrestling fan always did because anytime that bell rang, Seth Rollins, he's been the best wrestler in that company for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this is a wrestling company that has AJ Styles. In it. So, yeah. you know, and a couple other really, there's some great wrestlers in there. But Seth Rollins is the best one. You know, if you had to go give me a five-star match or a 20-star match, whatever Meltzer gives, and you needed to pick one guy from WWE and one guy from AEW, hands down, you're picking Seth Rollins. AEW might have a couple options, right? Um, depending on what what you feel and what your tastes are. You know, you can go, you can go, Ken, I mean, I think Kenny and Danielson's one too. Other people, I go Danielson. Yeah, Danielson or Kenny, whatever, whatever the case may be. But Seth is hands down the guy in WWE. He's their ace, mm-hmm. so. Um, I think it's it's important, and uh, I think Seth is going to get a big option here. I, I think I really do believe Seth is going to be somehow interjected in this main event. We're probably going to find out tomorrow night on SmackDown. 
So yeah, you know what? That's going to be intriguing. Uh, and again, yeah, I forgot about SmackDown as because uh, they're going to definitely want to set the table here because that is literally less than twenty four hours of the pay per view. So, yeah, I think an important see smart that. SmackDown as well. Absolutely. So that's our picks for SummerSlam, folks. Right now, we want to give you guys a quick shout out. You want to please hit the subscribe button. Please like us on Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Silicon Valley. That's V-A-L-L-I. And one thing I got to add here is uh, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button as well. Where? For YouTube. Didn't I do that already? You did that? All right. Well, I'm reinforcing it in case you didn't. I might not have said I might not have said for YouTube. I think I just said hit the subscribe button. Then I hit then I did like for Spotify. And then okay. I did the Twitter thing. And then I was gonna do Facebook. High spots and cheap pops on Facebook. Vladdy Dottie, he runs that beautifully. You'll see his little blurps, some of his opinions, what he likes to put in a lot of funny memes. So you want to check that out. Obviously, we're over a hundred videos here on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube's a whole YouTube. YouTube's YouTube a is a show, tremendous buddy. site because you, if you ever have like the idea of like checking out different tubs left and right, that is the place to see it because you can envision yourself in those tubs. I have a video of me doing Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers naked in a bathtub for an hour. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll get on to that to another story. Anyway, so we go on over. To AEW Dynamite happened less than 24 hours ago, a little more than 24 hours ago. And we had a little bit different differences of opinions in this particular episode. I thought it was one of the best episodes, at least in terms of excitement that I've seen in a while. But Vladi Dottie, let's go through some of your favorite parts, some of the things you really hated. Let's start with the things you hated. Vladi Dottie, because you have been... You have been up. We haven't talked about Raw or SmackDown because it's so bad we haven't watched it. So yes. we have to get our angst out at AEW Dynamite. Yeah, and this is the thing here. And I and listen, um, I enjoy the product. I, I make it a point to try to watch AEW Dynamite uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, I DVR it, but I'm usually watching it late into the night and late early into the morning Thursday, just to make sure that I can go and text my buddy over here, Silicon Steve Valley, uh, on Thursday morning. So. There we go. So listen, I, I, and I'm just trying to be fair. I'm an AEW fan. Much uh, listen, I'm a pro wrestling fan, but there are certain things that Tony Khan does that irritate the shit out of me. And um, you and Road was, Dog, by the way. Uh, I, and you know what? I can't even. Speak. Yeah, Road Dog's been pretty critical. And as as Kevin Nash has uh, used the term uh, Thursday Night Thunder, which is not definitely not a compliment. And. Here's my thinking, right? Especially with Triple H coming in to play here. Tony Khan is, as you and I both agree, a bit of a supermark with a big, like, daddy payroll. You know, his dad is paying for everything, right? So we're watching him spending his inheritance in, in front of our eyes. And basically... Which is irrelevant. Um, is it? You said, no, go ahead, go ahead. I wanna... Is it irrelevant, really? Because it's the way he's spending it and what he's doing creatively here. Okay, so what the, you want to know what I hated about the match? Well, let's just go look at the last half hour, right? So last half hour, I'm just scrolling through AEW's website here. And as we go, 
Um, we'll start with the women's match. Okay, you know what? Hey, actually, I'll, I'm going to throw you a curveball right here. I'm going to start with the Young Buck segment. I liked it. I fucking hated it. And you know okay. why? Why? And this is why. Because they're cowards. Because they're not giving FTR or the fans and doing what's best for business. They went and dropped the tag team titles to Swerve and Keith Lee, which is a, a tag team that's hanging by the fringes already. They're waiting to turn on each other. And instead of giving us the third match, because they don't want to drop the titles to FTR, they went and dropped it to Swerve and Keith Lee. And what we're getting here is, oh, hey, the trio title. Oh, hey, okay. And then we have a little high school drama between Adam Page, who nobody gives a shit about anymore, and and <laughs> the Young Bucks. And I don't know, maybe we could hang out together. This is like, I don't know. We're kind of friends. Happy birthday, by the way. You know what? You're men, right? Are you guys men the last time I checked? Like, how old are these guys? And they're totally not acting like it. And they are totally avoiding losing to FTR. And I say this as a pro wrestling fan. I say this as an FTR fan. You know that. I'm not hiding anything. But they don't want a job to FTR because they are not on their level. And they notice that the fans don't want to see it. Don't want to see them. They've almost go away heat in some ways. So, oh, okay, let's introduce the trios title. And then, oh, let's dance around the fact. Let's sort of flirt with Adam Page. Oh, I hate, oh, you know, let's start talking about each other's birthdays. And then for some reason, here comes the Dark Order, who's been totally just a job squad. Who cares? Okay. They totally went and took that away from us, man. And they're, and honestly, they're cowards for doing it. Do what's for best for business. You guys are the EVPs. You're going to make your money uh, bucks. Go and do the job for FTR. Make history there. But, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't lose to those guys because they're better than us. And they're more popular, by the way. But let's go and, and create these trios match, these trio titles. And I don't know, is there, is there, is there, uh, is it going to be Kenny or is it going to be Adam Page? And honestly, I don't even give a shit at this point. These guys are so full of their own shit. They're gross. Well, you so are in the minority do. of AEW fans. The very small. Oh, of course, because they're because whatever well, whatever, spoonful, can, whatever spoonful of shit that they want to serve. Their little colts will go and enjoy it. Oh, is that chocolate pudding? Mm, tastes like it. Sorry. I mean, it's not just that. Are you telling every that goes for both wrestling companies? I as think. a pro wrestling fan, are you not are you not upset that you're not seeing a third match for the title for all those titles on the line with between the Bucks and FTR? I think it's going to happen. So that's why I'm confused as why you're so upset. You're acting like they're never going to wait, wait. match. When, when's it going to happen? Two years from now? I would say within the next six months to a year. Six months to the year? I got Six months to a year. I mean, it was 18 months between the last two, ma last two matches. <sighs> it is what it is. So I'm not getting so worked up about it because it's going to happen. That that show, you, that match, Prince Money, that's going to be the one match that headlines a paper, the tag team championship match that headlines a pay-per-view. That's going to happen. It, you're it telling, might happen in you, full gear. Are you telling me they couldn't have done this at all out? 
why what's the decision why couldn't they do this at all out like other than them not wanting to do the job because ftr is so much more over than them right now i think they had something at play with with swerve and keith lee they wanted to have them build their friendship so they can elevate those two stars when they when they do implode i think that was part of the plan and they don't book in for in week sequ- sequences of a couple weeks. They book in terms of months. So because FTR and Young Bucks, by the way, FTR and Young Bucks always gets a buzz. It's not like they're not going to be able to get this momentum in six months. So I think again, just like you got to be more patient with AEW because it gets it's booked like they booked back in the territory days in terms of in lengths. That's the only way I'm saying. There are storylines that last six months to a year. Dusty Rhodes feuded with, with, with Ric Flair for two years. Same storyline. That's how it used to be. They're doing that in many respects in AEW. You know the territory days? I do. Territory and days. I, and I would say... Back territory Dusty, days. I, I, I would say Dusty Rhodes with the Road Warriors and Nikita Koloff is way, against the Four Horsemen is way different than the bullshit that the Young Bucks are playing here, playing pussyfoot with Adam Page backstage. Well, as an avid viewer of being the elite, I see all the nuances, and that basically is just trying to set it up to where there's a lot of things. See, here's the deal. If you want, maybe I'll go, and I don't know if we'll have time, but maybe I'll go and make an Adam Page, Young Bucks history of their relationship. And they're only mad at each other because Matt Hardy took an apology from Matt Jackson and basically told him to fuck off with Hangman and Adam Page because Hangman was drunk hanging out with Brandon Cutler. So you don't know nuances to that story. You don't know about that stuff. It's some heartbreaking stuff. These two friends, they were friends. They were best buddies. Former former Ring of Honor six-man tag champions. There is a lot going on here in terms of the emotion that they have told. And, and I, if I can be serious for a second, they this is if you're invested in the Young Bucks and, and, the, and Adam Page coming back together... This does interest you, and guess what? It was the biggest storyline, a very big part of the biggest storyline in the history of the company, and what I've called the best storyline ever. So just because you don't like it, I, I understand where you're coming from, but the fact of the matter is I do like it. I think it's fantastic, and I'd like to see Hangman and the Bucks back. The problem is where you're – I'm not pissed off because I know FTR and the Bucks – it's going to print money when they do it, and it's going to be done when when we maybe even in a better time. They'll have time to really promote it, it. The The Bucks are going to bide their time and wait to see when it'd be what, right for them to win and not job. I get it. So then you brought up Swerve Strickland because this is such layered storytelling. Um, yeah, during his handicap match with Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling, um, we, we're so enthralled with that. And this is a reason that, you know, um, Strickland and Keith Lee have the tag belts and it is such incredible storytelling that we have this jerk off manager with a jobber involved in the last half hour of their match. And this is who the FTR is going to go and beat and become the greatest tag team champions ever. That doesn't demote it at all. That doesn't denigrate it at all, but whatever. But again, that was part of the last, what, hour of the show as well, because we have a smart Mark Sterling who would had, what, a birthday cake or no, a celebratory cake thrown into his face a la WWE Vince McMahon style 
last week. And then this week he dressed up as, you know, uh, Captain America reject. It's the same uh, outfit in he match. had on in the pay-per-view a couple of months ago. Did it make it as as funny this time? or So we're just retreading stupid jokes, right? No, it was so done yeah. equally both times. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you, actually. I, I totally admire that. But it's not uh, like he's trying to look cool. He's a fucking jerk-off manager. He's mouth that's not Jimmy Hart. But again... Jimmy well, Hart ever look cool? But uh, a lot cooler than smart Mark Sterling. Wait a, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Jimmy Hart, those Jim red that cool. red bodysuit tights, the checkered with the, the candy striper look cooler. I don't uh, think either Jim, one of them are getting it. Jimmy date. Hart, Jimmy Hart with the megaphone and the uh the, the jacket that he used to wear was definitely way better than No, that. no, 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 no. I'm not talking it's, it's about that. I'm talking about their wrestling and I'm talking about their wrestling gear. Look, cutting to the chase, smart mark. Sterling is getting way much too much TV time with Tony Nice for my liking. I don't give a shit about his petition. I don't give a shit about that was bad. Any anything he's doing at this point. This and is a bad storyline. Yeah. Yes. Thank thank you for admitting that. So I won't harp on it, but you and I are on the same page with that. Uh it's, then it's let's stupid. get like and what, what's his problem with swerve anyway? I don't even get it. I, I like why is this even why is this not on dark? I don't get it. Um, um, but this is what Tony does. The reason that he, this is why he did it is because what he does is when he brings in a new guy from Ring of Honor or brings in a new guy from a, for AEW, wherever, they try to give him a little shine, put him against the champions. They have a good match, but they lose. You see Tony Khan do it all the time. It's become what he does. He puts the new guy against the champ, gives the champ a run for his money, but yeah. ultimately he loses. He's going to try to get Nice and this other guy over. I'm not sure why when you have tag team after tag team after tag team, that could do that. You can elevate, right. get someone and have a couple great matches with Satan. It wouldn't be the acclaimed and ass boys. They got their own thing going on, but it could have been the Lucha Brothers. Have the Lucha Brothers put them over. And that, that gives their title run a little bit more legitimacy. I'd agree with that. Um, I would totally agree with that, man. And by the way, I would like to say this, too. The only reason the Young Bucks won that last ladder match is because Jeff Hardy is a drunk. Hardys were winning that match. Right. I get it. I get it. Um, so then, you know, I don't really have much to say about the Malachi Black, Brody King segment, but let's go I like this. this. Yeah, is, yeah, he yeah. To, wait, is he trying to court Miro in yeah 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 that's what I'm getting yeah that's what where they're getting at you know it's like and Miro sort of is playing that with the other last week when he came out with the different colored sunglasses you know he got and again every time we see Malachi Black this is one of my my issues with it every time we see him now he's spitting shit in somebody's face that's his thing man he's a wizard that's Jericho sorry oh uh, yeah yeah there's only enough room for one wizard here and it's a uh guy that just wants to make sure that he is involved in every hot topic that he can get involved in here so let's go to the AEW women's world title match which honestly the women's division with this with thunder rosa versus mia yamashita was one of the worst matches that i've seen on dynamite history there's so many and i don't give a shit what jericho says i'll use the term Botch. They botched this match like you wouldn't believe. And I cannot believe that this was on TV. What were the and worst parts? Um, just if you could, just to cut to the chase, go to Instagram, check out AEW botches. They have just 
totally they will show it to you and if you could just go and check that out because you will probably laugh at how bad some of this shit was and what tony khan did with this match and they even prefaced it they evidently had a match in japan where thunder rosa jobbed so what do they do okay we're gonna have a you know a second match here and and grace us you know the live viewing audience here in america with i mean honestly if if mia yamashita you know you are one of the better you know, people, you probably the best person I know in terms of Japanese wrestling. I have a feeling if she was standing in line to you, in line with you next, next day in shop, right? You probably wouldn't know her. Absolutely. That, that, Thank you. That, okay. that, that's one thing you have to question if you're Tony Khan. Right. Tony Khan's so, doing this for the hardcore wrestling fans. He's so, doing it for the. I, I saw somebody, great example. I saw a buddy of mine on Twitter to, posted. Everyone's seeing this match with Mayu Yamashita thinking that this is a great Joshi match because the people were complimenting the match somehow. Um, I didn't watch it, like I said before. Oh, it's but, garbage. But the fact, but at the end of the day, it was as if, again, I, I had to respond. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure Joshi fans aren't part of the demographic. Right. And, and how do you grow your audience? With this, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say something here. I have not watched a Raw live in probably years. But you know what? This last Monday, with Triple H taking over, I was pretty much within the hour on the DVR and trying to keep up with it and and sending you messages and just watching how this thing evolved. I actually cared. And this I, is something I, I, I didn't think it was that different. Everyone said it was like the best Raw in a long time. Oh, I no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, what? I, 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 yeah, I'd agree with you on that. It wasn't hugely different, but I wanted to see what happened. And this is what Tony needs to go and understand. They're going to have growth with their audience here. Tony is always hovering around a million people. How are you going to grow your audience? It's yeah. not with Mia Yamashita. And then when you go and watch the goddamn botches that were involved in this match, all he did was showed me, okay, when I see a Thunder Rosen match, especially against somebody I don't know, this is a time for me to go and take a shit. And Rush isn't that much more known than Yamashita is either. Another great point. He came out and I thought it was Manitar. All right. So then let's go to the final match here. All right. He looked like somebody else. Who else did he look like? He looked like. I don't know. I mean, I knew who he was because I know he's been rolling with uh, Andrade. Andrade, yeah. And the but, other thing I noticed, and I noticed Roosh is uh, why are we calling Roosh when it's spelled Rush? Uh, Getty Lee, cease and desist. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, it was more Alex Lifeson though. It, so the band is actually involved in this. No, and you're Rush. That was a lie. It was a complete lie. So I, I sincerely doubt. I sincerely doubt Getty Lee or Alex Lyson of the band Rush know who the fuck Roosh is. Why are they pronouncing it Roosh? It's it's uh, probably and why are they that, spelling it that way? It's probably not American. It's probably with a, when I, he should have those two little dots over dots like he's the Mountain So he's like Swedish now, right? He doesn't. He doesn't look Swedish. Oh, yeah, of course not. He's from he looked Mexican. Guadalajara. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's definitely with Andrade. He's Mexican again. Sorry, right, let's cut that a chase here, man. Black Blackpool Combat Club, American Dragons return from an injury. To my opinion, the best wrestler in the world right now, Brian Daniels. Got a return. big pop. Everybody was into everything he did in the beginning of that match. 
versus Jericho Appreciation Society's Red Death, Daniel Garcia, who a lot of people enjoy. I'll put it that way. They they think this guy has a decent amount of talent. I see decent mid-carder is what I see. I don't see him holding a world title. I'm sorry. Again, one against the best wrestler in the world. His first match back. And how many matches do I have to watch Brian Danielson lose to the Jericho Appreciation Society? And here's another thing. I watched Moxley open up the, 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 the show, and you have Regal out there, and, you know, Moxley handles business, wins it. We didn't see Claudio. We didn't see Will or Yuta for whatever reason. However, we saw zero support for Brian Danielson. He's out there. And he's basically getting jobbed out with the help of Jake Hager, who is one of the worst talents that's on the roster. I'm sorry. Brings nothing to the table other than just size. Well, he wasn't really. He only was out there at the very end. It wasn't like he he seconded. He came, Daniel Garcia came out by himself. It wasn't like Hager came out there. He came in the very last part to distract. Did he? Yeah, he held onto his leg, and then there was a sharpshooter, and the match was over, right? So you, you would say that he probably had an impact on the ending, right? He 100% had the impact on the ending, but I'm saying is Garcia came out by himself. So Jericho, I don't think Jericho's think, announcing. That's it. though. And, and then Brian Danielson's out there and then we got to worry about his concussion issues and all that. And was, instead they're of playing just, in it, real life to blur that line, which we always <laughs> love, but people hate this time for whatever reason. And for some reason I'm watching Brian Danielson lose. And I'm sorry. I don't agree with it. I think it's shit. I think I, I think it was shit when Brian Danielson lost. Um, it wasn't blood and guts, right? It was uh, the match previous to that, right? Anarchy in the arena. Thank you. So he lost and was the one that jobbed out in the anarchy in the arena. And he comes back and only to lose again. And because we got to go and put Jericho on this pedestal once again. And I was disgusted with it. So, yeah, the last hour or so, I was annoyed with. So that was the shit part of uh, of AEW to me personally with this show. So uh, if you want to say the glass is half filled, I'll look at the first part of the, the show for myself. Um, I was okay, of course, with Moxley winning. I was okay with what Moxley said to Jericho. He was, he's asking for the Lionheart, which is probably my favorite version of Jericho, right? I, okay, I, I just hope Jericho doesn't win this goddamn thing. He's not going to win it. And also, <sighs> Jericho Lionheart was a mid-carter <laughs> who did flips. and stuff. Right, right. He was a cruiserate mid-carter. So, okay, scary against Big John Moxley, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's going to be WCW Jericho, basically, or no? I think he'll do the hey, hey, come on, baby thing. And I think he'll he'll do the hair. I'll pop for that. Um, what what I find interesting though is you mentioned all those things that you hated. There were mm-hmm. I, first of all, I completely disagree with you as well with the Daniel Bryan, Daniel Garcia sorry, Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia thing. I get you wanted to see Brian Danielson win, but again, this is just the first chapter in this match. Brian Danson probably looked at this kid and was like, I want to have some epic battles with him. I want to have a feud with him. 
Brian Danielson might have handpicked this kid to do this because he felt they are very similar in a lot of what they do. He's only 23. I'm talking about Daniel Garcia. Brian Danielson wanted to put this kid over. But at the end of the day, Brian Danielson is going to be a future AEW. He will be an AEW champion the next year and a half. That's it's good. So again, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little more patient than you when it comes down to AEW because, oh, we need to push. We need You just said it last week. Why, why aren't you pushing hook? Why aren't you pushing hook? Boom. They push in. They give him the FTW championship in a fantastic segment. Good moment. I thought completely what was not going to happen was going to happen. I thought Ricky Starks would actually turn on hook or one or the other. Ricky Starks then cuts an impassioned promo. And by the way, he was getting cheered already. He's been getting cheered for weeks. Tony Khan pulls the trigger, turns him baby face by having his partner, Will Hobbs, that nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this, this happening. Nobody. Yeah, you might have saw a push for either one of them in one direction or the other, if not both. But nobody saw Will Hobbs clotheslining Ricky Starks. And that's going to be a moment, I think, six months to a year, we're going to say that was the beginning of Ricky Starks' arise to stardom. So those two things happened. I like the Moxley-Roche match, even though it wasn't what have you. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a Moxley match. So it's just beating the shit out of each other. He bleeds. We know it. Yeah. Um, Predictable. Yeah. Sometimes I will say that. But uh, at the end of the day, though, Moxley cuts a promo. You got to love that. Jericho cuts his promo, which he did a good job with. I love how they're fucking with WWE. I do love that part. Appreciate us. That's kind of cool. What do they refer to each other as the galaxy, right? Yeah, the galaxy. I mean, and what's funny is you see WWE marks. Look at them copying WWE. They're making fun of it, guys. Just so you guys weren't aware. They're mocking it. So right. there's that. Um, but at the end of the day here, though, I, I, I think this was a very good episode. I was not pissed off at the Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson thing, because, again, I think this is the beginning of a chapter. If you were watching a movie, the old veteran comes back when probably shouldn't come back so early. I mean, uh, but but again, I like as I mentioned, I don't see Daniel Garcia ever winning, holding the world title. So Brian Danielson is doing this for a mid card. Yes, he is. I think and, Brian Danielson is 100 percent on board with this. And I oh, think, of course, Brian, I, I, I'm sure he's on board with it, but doesn't necessarily make it great TV. Well, I mean, again, I, I, whatever you want to say, the fan base of AEW is very happy with it. overall. That's the vibe I get online. Now, if you want to say, well, fuck it, whatever. Um, I don't think anybody that's a casual fan watches that match. and says, I'm never watching this again either. So I don't think it was as big. I don't think it was as big of a red flag or as terrible. I mean, you're making it out to be like the fiend losing a Goldberg or something. Like, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction here and how damaging this booking is. Uh, I've seen Brian Danielson lose his last two matches. He's the best wrestler in the world. We've also seen Seth Rollins lose his last five matches, and he's the best wrestler in, in AWWE. You have to be patient with these guys, man. It's going to happen. They're going to get their shot. It's all going to happen, baby. Be cool, babies. Be cool. Uh, uh, listen, man, uh, as far as patience, they're not growing their audience. Do something that you're not necessarily have been doing previous to this. Change it up a little bit. Okay. I don't understand why Brian Danielson has to be a sacrificial lamb for this. 
I think they're building a feud with Daniel Garcia. He's going to try to make Garcia into a main eventer, main event type player. Or he's going to try to make this kid. It's as simple as that. He's going to try to make this kid a star. Sorry, it pisses you off, but it's what Brian Danielson and Tony Khan want to do. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the, the hook segment with Ricky Starks for sure. Um, and again, uh, you have a little bit of a comedic thing with Dan Housen versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks beats him, opens uh, another open challenge. Uh, again, not necessarily a coveted title by any means, because really all you are is the leader of Team Taz, which the way Hook has been um, portrayed and accepted by the fans, he should be he should be the leader of Team Taz. And I like the like passing of the torch between Ricky Starks and and Hook. It was a good thing. I was surprised by the uh, the turn the heel turn by Hobbs. Uh, as I mentioned to you last week, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Hobbs eventually versus Wardlow. I'd like to see a feud between those two, but we're going to get Ricky Starks versus Hobbs first. Um, that should be pretty good. Uh, those two guys were a good tag team too, man. I, um, you know, and I, I made mention like, hey, they didn't want to necessarily uh, sat oversaturate the tag team division, but if anybody that should have maybe stuck around, maybe those two could have been with Hook being the FTA, FTW champ and Ricky Starks, but. Hey, listen, Ricky Starks is a very talented guy. Uh, I saw somebody tweet out, um, it's almost comparing to comparing Ricky Starks to like 1997 Rock. Yeah, right. Like, and and you could see some of that for sure. Yeah. Ricky Starks can speak. The fans react to them. He knows how to emote. Great facials. Um, you know, he pulls the crowd in. He's definitely a very talented guy, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him become a rising babyface. I would definitely like to spend more time on his storyline than anything Daniel Garcia can do. Right? If you were to compare Daniel Garcia and Ricky Starks, it's day and night. Yeah. One is money. Starks the other one a little bit longer. Like, and that's great. Long. Yeah, that's fine. But Starks can't have the kind of match that Daniel Garcia had with Danielson either. Completely different kind of match. Starks can't do that. Uh. I'd prefer to see a Starks match over Garcia. I'm just saying, but that kind of match, it, it was different. The, the two are different. I don't think they're good. They're easy. I don't think that they're a great comparison. Who, you, who do you ask who I think is better? I think anyone anyone would say Ricky Starks is the better professional wrestler at this point in time overall. You'd say Ricky's, right? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. 100%. So, Ricky, right. Ricky Starks yeah. is, a, is a main event. He very easily could take MJF's spot as, as one of the pillars. Um, it's a good point. The pillars are interesting now that you bring it up. Is, yeah, is Sammy pillars? Guevara really a pillar? Is Sammy Guevara a is, pillar? Is Darby. <laughs> he keeps on losing. I, you know, they're, they're mistreating the pillars is the point. You know, I'm not, not looking to argue or whatever, but I'm just saying like you and I are sort of making similar points here. Well, the Darby, I think Darby eventually beats Brody King. That's what I think is going to be the thing is that they're going to battle. Oh, they already, so. oh, he's going to be, he's going to win the coffin match for sure. Yeah. So again, it's just, it's a way what they're doing is instead of having got they're they're having two or three matches now in during feuds, right? Um, WWE has been doing that for a while too. Well, professional wrestling in general does that except for new Japan. New Japan doesn't do it too often. If you get a shot at a title, you're not getting another one for a while. No matter how pissed off you are, no matter how many how many promos you cut, they don't do the whole promo thing. 
Right. No one walk in the middle of New Japan. No one walks out in the middle of a match. All right, I have a problem with this. You know, that's not how that works out there. But Ring of Honor had several matches. It had two or three matches with a feud for a championship, what have you. So I think that's what you're going to see here. And at the end of the day, I think that Darby is trying to elevate Brody King on a national level because Darby's a big star. That's what this mentality is. And I think if you understand what the mentality is and why they're doing this 50-50 booking, which we kill WWE for left and right, the way they're doing it, I think, is a bit more effective because you're getting both guys. They're both guys are more you're getting over typically more so. You know, you look at a few that's given time. Usually it helps both characters in some capacity. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have Cody and a go-go. <laughs> Sometimes you have whatever. I mean, there's a couple I'm sure you can off the top of your head. But at the end of the day, I think this is a way to get Brody King at, at an upper level on the card, just like it was for to get Daniel Garcia up on the card, just like Ricky, Star- Ricky Starks up on the card. Hobbs is now going to be high on the card. Very possibly Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs are going to get a pay-per-view match at All Out, one-on-one. That's massive oh, for both of them. That's massive yep. for both of them with that feud and everything building toward that. That's the kind of thing, how you build new stars. AEW took a big step forward in building new stars last night. And they already had almost an embarrassment of riches in terms of young stars. But the question is, how do you book them so Ricky Starks doesn't have to wait? This might be going to your point. How do you book them so they don't have to wait a year and a half or a year? It Was Ricky Starks ready six months ago? Does FTR and, and the Young Bucks need to happen now? Like, Does he wait too long to pull the trigger on some of these things? That's the question because we were waiting for the trigger to be pulled on whatever the hell Cody was doing. It never got pulled, and then it was just a waste of a year what Cody did, and that's one of the reasons he's no longer with the company. And that's why he's winning uh, SP awards for WWE. I mean, he he walked into a perfect situation in WWE. He was he's the first defector from AEW over there. He was the guy who put the he was the guy who put the flag in the ground. He who made the argument, and I 100% agree with this. He was the most he out of all the wrestlers, he was the most responsible for the creation of AEW. Yes, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega did their thing, and a couple other guys too. But Cody Rhodes is the guy who put his he was the one carrying that flag before Tony Khan had any gumption to, to speak to people consistently. And Cody was the spokesman for the company. Tony's kind of taking that role. And once that happened, it is what it is. So, and can Cody walks back a returning champion, a returning hero, and more importantly, 10 times the professional wrestler he was when he walked out of that door. He knows how to make a crowd feel more than he ever did before and ever did with a mustache or a stardust. So that's what Cody did. He walked in as betting on himself, coming in as Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare, his creation. And he came in as a hero and to your DSP, arguably going to he, by far, I think in a year's time, he's the biggest name in WWE. And AEW fans who loved him now said he was never that good. And then WWE fans who thought he sucked the whole time saying that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So he's, he's this beautiful walking oxymoron between the fan bases too. Yeah. He definitely has become that for sure. Um, yeah, he's he definitely laid it up really nicely there. 
<sighs> but yeah, man, I, you know, thanks for letting me vent. That was my issues with uh, my issues and pluses, if you will, with dynamite. Again, I thought half the show was decent or good. And then the other half was just garbage. So, you know, again, we're doing the 50, 50 booking thing, anything in some ways here, but Tony really needs to start stepping up. I agree with that. And that's the thing, you know, and that's where I'm worried. Like, Hey, listen, okay. You want to build up Daniel Garcia? Well, I think you should be basically putting Brian Danielson at the mountaintop and building up the Blackpool combat club and making them more of a, an object of uh, a desire here for wrestling viewers and stuff like that. Having people like back in the day, you and I used to watch WCW and, and WWE. How many of us were buying NWO shirts? Because that was the coolest shit to wear, right? Well, you know what? You have John Maxley, you're Brian Danielson. Like, it'd be nice to see some BCC shirts being like worn about there, like making them the badasses. Um, and let me ask you this, right? It's something I was thinking about. Claudio just won the Ring of Honor world title, which is a great thing for the BCC. I was very happy with that sort of booking. Jonathan Greshman, sorry, you know, but Claudio's way better wrestler. Yeah. Right. That was the right decision. Yeah. People were killing it. Yeah. No, no. And, you know, those people are those people are idiots. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I sent you a picture of like Gresham trying to put him in a in a leg lock. And it's not even close. Like Claudio is a professional wrestler and he had to go and basically slum it a bit with Gresham. I'm sorry. Well, he's considered right? a fantastic ring general Gresham. I've never seen much of his matches. I, I I what I've seen, I like, but a lot of people can really wrestle really great. You know what I right. mean? It, it comes down to taste. Is Daniel Gresham, is Jonathan Gresham that much better than Daniel Garcia? Even I can't tell you for sure that's the case. No. I, I don't think he, I don't, wouldn't think, I don't know. But he can't cut out great of a promo. He's all right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere, you know, I, I, I agree with that. And the whole Tully thing, and then Tully's not, no longer involved in the Ring of Honor, blah, blah, blah. So too many moving pieces, but thank God. And it brings more gold, of course, to the, to the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. This is something on the horizon. What is the, what exactly is the animosity involved between Eddie Kingston and Claudio? Well, it was mostly, I don't know how much of it is, is, is a shoot. I know that they feuded for years and they never really got along in terms of feuding. I think there was some backstage heat, but everyone had backstage heat with Kingston. He's a walking, he's walking heat. Yeah. You know, not always was his best self. So he thought Claudio was kind of up nose up in the air, similar to Gar- sim- similar to Danielson, but over, but uh, they don't have one specific huge beef that they argued like, one didn't fuck his, the other one's wife or anything like that. You know, it just was, they're just spilling over. Uh, and that's what Eddie Kingston does. And he did it at his signing this past week. Eddie Kingston was signing autographs and he started talking shit on Sammy Guevara. Did he? Oh, my God. It was great. He said, I don't like, that? quote, I don't like that little cocksucker. <laughs> Let me. I could, I, it was just Eddie at his signing, just talking casually, like, you know, like he was there sitting there smoking a blunt with you. He was talking. <laughs> I would love to hang out with Eddie Kingston. I, that's all I got to say. He wouldn't want to hang out with me. I know that. But I would love to hang out with Eddie Kingston. I'll, I'll, I'll play the audio for you. For those of you who didn't listen, this is Eddie Kingston. Uh, this is also Eddie Kingston at 
a signing over at the San Diego signing. Here we go. Eddie, what do you think about Sammy Guevara? People like Sammy. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't get it. Like, all the moves, like, I'm just saying all, all the moves he does, the Bucks do and do him better. And I don't even like the Bucks. Washington. I hope he's there Wednesday. I, I pray to God Sammy's there Wednesday. Yo. No, no, I'm going to fuck him up. Like, you guys think this is a joke? Like, this all over. Ready, ready? Work. Since everyone likes to use insider terms. I don't like that little cocksucker. <laughs> That's funny, man. He, he he did not hold back. So Eddie Kingston keeping it real as a real can get. I think I, I hope the Jericho mocks thing. This is where you wonder, though, are we going to see the JAS continue to feud with the Blackpool Comic Club if Danielson and Garcia are going to have a program now? I'm kind of over. Once Moxley beats Jericho, can we be done and can Moxley get something? Because I, I love Jericho and I love the, and I'm 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 a much bigger fan of JAS than you are clearly, but I don't necessarily want them. I mean, they've already had two epic battles: one in the Anarchy in the Arena, one in the in Blood and Guts. They've had a couple of high profile matches: Daniel Garcia just beating Vic, Wheeler Yuta, who, if you use Steiner math, mathematics, Wheeler Yuta is better than Brian Danielson. Aha. Steiner. So at, at the end of the day here, I, I don't know what the situation is going to be with them. I would rather them not continue to feud though. Right. Yeah. There's, this has got to be, eventually this has got to end. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, the, that whole like barbed wire match everywhere. Kingston should have won that at this point, but I'm wondering, this is one of the reasons I brought up Claudio and, and, and Kingston is there a chance that we're going to go and see this erupt where this is the world title that Kingston can go for? And he actually goes and it's Kingston versus Claudio and they play into the shit. They could do that or, or they could have him try to go after Moxley and then they all turn heel so they could beat the piss out of CM Punk. I don't know. You might see that down the road because there was a reason being they did drop that at the end where he was trying to get Jericho to tap. And he couldn't do it. This is another problem with this flaw, though. Kingston already had Jericho tap at a main in a, in a the best match of that night on that pay per view. I think it was back. Right. Was it Revolution? Yes. He, he made Kingston tap. So what's the big deal? That he already got his big win. They're playing it yeah. off like, oh, Kingston didn't get his big win on Jericho. He got his big win already. So what is he chasing? So I don't. That that's part of it, and I but we brought that up last week. That's what I don't understand either. So I think I I, I don't know. Because he got his big win, what, what does he care so much? Yeah. What? So it, that that is weird, but uh, overall, I thought it was a really good AEW and the triple. I'm excited about the the, the, the triple, the uh, six man tags. I think you're going to see some fantastic matches. Going to be decided it all out. I thought that was great. Um, Who do you predict to see uh, either Kenny and the Bucks or Adam Page and the Bucks? go against for the trios championship. I think the bucks, they turn on the bucks next week. Yeah. yeah super elite, right. Or somewhere or well, possibly the super right. elite implode. I think you're going to see red dragon and Adam Cole go their separate ways. And then maybe you, you see Adam Cole come uh, Adam page, hanging on a page, come help them. Or they might, you know, AEW, they might keep it off, but you're going to be, you're going to be four weeks out from, 
all out. So they got to start putting this, this card together a little bit. Then you can have Adam Cole and Red Dragon be one triple. And then the question is, who do the Bucks pick? Is it Kenny or is it Hangman Adam Page? Here's the thing. There was a, hey, we, we, we love when we hear our leaks from WWE, right? Well, there was a leak this past week. Kenny Omega told certain talent this past week that Kenny, or I'm sorry, Tony Khan told talent this past week that Kenny Omega is very close to coming back. So that tells me it will be the Bucks and Kenny. But there's got to be something where Adam Page becomes part of that. I don't know if Adam, you know, you would, you have Adam Page maybe fill in for or, or starts with the Bucks, but then Adam Page gets hurt and then Kenny makes a comeback and, and makes a save. Or they could have Hangman and the Bucks versus Red Dragon and Cole in the finals, and that's when Kenny makes his, his comeback. I'm not sure how they're going to play it, but I can tell you the undisputed elite, you're going to start seeing them percolate with their storyline and starting to crack again. Because I think the other thing, I know you, you bashed it and you hated it, but the fact remains is there hasn't been any really good storylines with anybody from the elite since Kenny left. There really hasn't. Because everything with Adam Cole was, eh, it's all right. It got off to a good start. And then really, the feud with Hangman, it really didn't go well. Then, of course, Adam, yeah. Adam Cole wins the that title, which everyone forgot about all of a sudden, which is fine. But the uh, Owen Cup championship, it looked very similar to this, but it was red. It was pink. But I got to be honest with you. I, I think that I'm excited because you're going to start getting an an, an elite storyline because that's, I think, something that they've been missing critically as well. I really do believe that. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to be Hangman and the Bucks, and then Kenny will return. Uh, just the way that they're sort of playing. And it'll be against Cole and Red Dragon. So basically, it's going to be like the super elite is basically... Uh, or an undisputed lead, if you will, is going to implode, and they're they're fighting over the trios championship. So I think all out's going to be big, man. I can't wait. And you're also going to have the the catastrophe in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> the creative in the that, castle. That's it. Yeah, that's Saturday, and then Sunday is the um, is the uh, is all out. This is a big wrestling weekend. This is a big wrestling weekend coming up. SummerSlam. Ric Flair's last match. It's a heck of an undercard, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Some big names. Uh, Ray Phoenix from AEW is going to be on there. Fatu. Fatu. Well, actually, it's, I think it's, well, is it Fatu? Yeah, the, he's the guy that wrestles for MLW. He's the small guy. He's pretty damn good. It's not Alpha Jr., it's Fatu. <sighs> Double check it, man. Google it. I don't feel like it. Uh, Rick Flair, but the, obviously everyone knows Rick Flair and Andrade Idolo battle it out. Rick Flair's last match promises, no doubt about it, his last match ever. Never gonna wrestle again. He's done until the next time he wrestles. But he's supposed to be done. He's retired a few times, folks. If you haven't noticed, it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. Yeah, his last match was not when Shawn Michaels. Which is one of my favorite matches, actually. Well. Loved it. Well, he can't, which is funny. He came out a year later 
And this was great. And, 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 and we're going to get into triple H and what our, our overall feeling is on some triple H stuff uh, right after this. But I saw a promo when, I don't know if you remember this back in WrestleMania, I believe it was 23, 24. I'm sorry, 25. Jericho had a feud with legends. He had a feud where he took on Ricky, the dragon steamboat, I believe Roddy Piper, and I think Sergeant Slaughter, not Ric Flair. And the reason Ric Flair wasn't in that match is because he had too much respect for Shawn Michaels to ever wrestle again until Impact got him under contract a year later and he wrestled. But that's a whole other... Yeah, we try to forget that. Which, by the way, it's funny. Jericho Jericho cut a promo. Jericho basically said, Flair, you're never going to be done with it because you have an addiction. He basically said he's going to prostitute himself out anytime someone throws him money for a match because he's like, you know, you're going to Rick, you know, you're going to some, whoever, whoever gives you a, a payday, you're going to take it. You know, it's what you're going to do, Rick. Hey, I would never do that. I would never do it to Shawn Michaels. I did it. That, there's some promos that edge that age beautifully. And that's certainly one of them. Chris Jericho shooting on Ric Flair after he's retired. Great. <laughs> And here we are. Uh, we're just hoping that Ric Flair can survive this after having a what he has a pacemaker involved here. He wants to die in the ring, man. He's always he always did. He 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 wants to die in the ring or in bed. I, I I promise you that's part of his goal. That's the only way Ric Flair can go out, and he wants to see it through. But hey, kudos to him for his wrestling career lasting longer than Vince McMahon did in WWE. Is that nobody would have guessed that. Talk about some cockroaches. <laughs> Dude. Who do you think jobs in that match? Jarrett, right? I think lethal or Jarrett. I think Jarrett. I think fucking nature boy should job. Put the, put the young kids over. Put the young kid Jarrett over. <laughs> He should put the watered down version over of himself. Only member of the four horsemen other than Flair in this match. Even though, was he ever a true member? Was Jared ever a true member? He always hung out with them. I don't consider him that. I was never a Jared fan, as you know. I thought he was funny as a heel when he was goofy double J. (laughs) I, I like the slap nuts thing. It was it was an island of diarrhea and ocean of sh- it was an island <laughs> of reality and ocean of diarrhea during that WCW period. Yeah, at that point, yeah, yeah. It was like, eh, it's not too bad, but it was great for that show because they were having Judy Bagwell on a pole. <laughs> yeah, ben, thank you, Vince Russo. Judy Bagwell, on a, no, she was on a forklift. Yes, which is even dumber. She was if she was like tied to a pole. With a ball gag in her mouth. Oh, there you go. And maybe somebody could have been a cuck in, in the ring too. Younger and he probably would probably would have been Buff Bagwell being the cuck. Or he would be the there one be, getting, I mean, because he's in that service. <laughs> he's in that service of, of, of pleasuring women for money. He might be the guy that the guy pays. Is that how it works? That was the one you were trying to look up, the fetish one. Where I was being the literal one. Because you're a pervert. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we move on right along, as the show drives off the rails, we're going to bring it back in. <laughs> a lot of optimism for Triple H. I know specifically from people who are in the NXT black and gold brand. Vladi Dottie, you certainly fit that bill. Your thoughts on some of the things and the differences you're going to see in Triple H now that we're going to fine tune it a little bit, and then we'll get out of here. What are some things that you look for Triple H to do over the next six months to a year? Uh, I think you are going to go and see Triple H get rid of the bullshit in WWE, namely Baron Corbin, um, the whole like uh, the whole L.A. Drake model thing. Shit that Vince thought was entertaining and basically try to spoon feed us things of that nature. And I think it's going to become more serious with a little bit of comedy spread in here and there, but it's going to become a better product overall. I I have very little doubt that that's going to be the case. And uh, I think you're going to see, um, and, and honestly, Tony Khan's really needs to go and pay attention to this because Triple H, for whatever you want to say, like uh, in regards to what he said in a recent interview, I don't know if he was just trying to placate Vince with that thing, but you talk to, you see what guys like Kevin Owens, um, Adam Cole, who Tony Khan made it very apparent is going to be there for another five years. It's almost (laughs) like Vince saying, hey, yeah, you know what? Uh, If you don't like this, you can just pretty much stay home until your contract runs out. Uh, Tony Khan better like watch out because I don't think Malachi Black or Alistair Black or Keith Lee or the Adam Coles of the world would have jumped ship so quickly if they saw this in their crystal balls. Okay. And I really have a feeling that Triple H is going to make this a very popular place to go and view wrestling. And we were always like sort of waiting for Vince to just get worse and worse and just finally just die at the gorilla position. But it doesn't seem that's going to be the place. So you have Triple H going to be the booker here. Um, I expect if we had a small sample size of NXT, I have no idea other than to accept the fact that he should do something similar here with WWE. And he still has plenty of pieces to sort of play with here. And he also has some play, uh, pieces to sort of bring back, namely Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks, even to a certain extent, Naomi. Imagine if those two walk through the doors again and the sort of babyface pop that they would get. So um, this is <laughs> this is a very good time for Triple H to kind of finally make this his own. He has his wife, who's co-CEO with Nick Khan, who just happens to be their agent, by the way. You know, and a lot of this could actually be even uh, directed to possible sale in the future. And the, keep in mind, even if they sell sell it to say Fox or Disney or whoever it might be, Tony Khan. I mean, I don't honestly. I don't think. I, I think that might be one of the players that might not be involved here now, because Tony Khan's not going to necessarily want Triple H to stay in charge. However, they sell to Disney. Triple H and Stephanie could still be involved in this. That might be part of the deal. They're yeah, not going to like yeah. lose. They're, they're not going to want to lose be, their leverage. And they're going to be want to be part of it. Triple H has been yes. wanting this position the last ten or twenty years. Let's yeah, be honest. This is Everyone dream. said he was yeah. getting groomed. He sat side by side with Vince McMahon through some really bad decisions. We don't yes. look. 
we know what Triple H did with NXT, but when he was at the helm and a lot of the creative over in when he had some shots with Vince McMahon, it didn't go great. Now, Grant, Vince was the final what have you. I don't know enough, and I haven't seen enough in terms of storylines with NXT. Because they have NXT had this had a similar thing that AEW has is that a guy from the Indies is a darling and everyone loves him. NXT fans are a little smarter than your WWE universe. Like NXT, everyone loves Shinsuke Nakamura. Nobody in WWE fans probably knew who the fuck he was. So right. NXT had that built in. So he might have to change it a little bit, but I think he's more than capable. And I think he's certainly more capable than Vince McMahon was. So I don't think there's any way the product can't get better. And I wanted to touch on CM Punk's saying that the culture is not going to change. I think if people are afraid and on eggshells and they're not having fun and they're either creeped out or really just don't respect, but are afraid of what Vince McMahon will do because everyone just gets a Vince. Austin theory got a Vince McMahon lottery and he got pushed to the moon. It's like winning a goddamn lottery. I think by just by osmosis, just by sure competency, Triple H is going to make the show much, much better. And the couple of things that Triple H said is he said he wants them to have fun. He said, this is the most fun job you're ever going to have when you're in the middle of a ring and you have thousands and thousands of people. You have a stadium filling that's going to fill up in Philadelphia. You know, Triple H wants these wrestlers to enjoy what they do because those are the guys that really have always come through and have the best time. You haven't been seeing a lot of people having their characters not having really good times. The only guy that has a good time out there that I've seen the last 15, 20 years is John Cena. He's always having a blast out there. You saw that with RK Bro. They're having fun out there. That's one of the reasons why they're so popular because they're comfortable and they're having a blast. Triple H wants to bring that back. That's why Back the Attitude Era was so great. They're all having the time of their lives. The Rock... Undertaker. I mean, there was a point in time the Undertaker did the damn spinner Rooney with Booker T. I mean, these guys were having a blast. Triple H wants to bring that vibe back. And he wants to, and again, he, it's it's a new, kinder world. And Triple H has a lot of respect. Sasha Banks respects the hell out of him. So I don't think there's any way the product is not going to get better. I think it's people, no offense to CM Punk, he's got to get over it. He's still yeah, he pissed. Does. He's, yeah, he's still pissed. Bitter. Pissed. Bitter. Yep. Wow. And, and all let me lickers and douchebags. Culture's not going to change. Fuck that place. Why did they call yeah, back it, Brock? Why did they call back Brock? They didn't call back me. Of course he brings back, and they didn't call him back when he walked right. out. They called back but Brock. Brock. Did, but Brock did show back up, right? Not only did Brock show back up, Punk wasn't going to be in any main events that you had to worry about. Brock Lesnar was going to be in the main event, five, you know, For eight summer, days so. later. It was a little bit of a different situation. Yep. And he and, was and the it, only thing that was keeping the eyes on that Friday night SmackDown. Right. And here's one other thing to consider, too. This, uh, I believe that they had some sort of um, like uh, tryouts for WWE today. And one of the things I read uh, before we went on air, and I really, I, I got to say, I was smirking at this. One of the people that Triple H brought with him to these um, tryouts was none other than Paulie. And if Why you not? see Paul Heyman start putting his fingerprints on this product, Tony Khan is not going to have a chance in this battle. Sorry. Is it a battle anymore, though? Uh, not right now. I, I would say no. I don't think it ever was a real. But the only time it's been a battle battle was when it was NXT versus Dynamite. 
But what about the Friday Night Wars? Well, what about the Friday the Night Wars? Here for, wait a minute. What's the end game here for AEW? Now, if you're just talking about overall product, WWE's got a very, very long, 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 long way to catch up to AEW in terms of in my, my estimation, in terms of storyline, in terms of wrestling, in terms of everything. Dynamite has been, other than about maybe a month or two months, Dynamite's been the best. Has either one of those shows been better than Dynamite? As much as you shit on Dynamite? You don't know because you haven't even watched them consistently. But still, two to three million people watch WWE's product on a weekly basis on those shows versus one million to eight hundred thousand consistently for AEW. But they're not competing with WWE. They're not trying to get their numbers. They're just trying to survive and be a wrestling company. Tony Khan has never said anything about a Friday Night War. Oh, you mean the one time when WWE intentionally went to fuck them in the ass and ran their programming a half hour into their show? Right. So does Tony Khan, I have a question. Does Tony Khan, WWE can do whatever the hell they want. They've gone out of their way to try to hurt AEW several times. Tony Khan tweets something and he's the big scumbag in the situation. Is that what we're getting from from Lottie Dottie right now? Uh, I think Tony Khan doesn't handle himself in a professional manner. I'll say that. Okay. What promoter does? Want to say Triple H now? Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, I would say Triple H, but I would say, you know, it's hard for me to say. He didn't pay people in ECW. He wasn't professional. Let's keep that. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, But again, booked himself in a match with Vince McMahon on a pay-per-view. That's not professional. Right, right. When Vince is not going to show up. And Vince McMahon paid four women $14.6 million to shut the fuck up after he put his dick in him. And that, if you were to go and just take that out of the equation and just looked at it as far as the wrestling terms, Vince never went and looked to go and do something on social media saying, oh, hey, look at this. We're taking on AEW, right? 40 years older than him. He still has a Twitter account. Still has a voice in the, uh, that he's people a listen to. Seventy-seven year old man. He's not going to be on Twitter like he's a millennial. He has people. You think he really goes on Twitter? No, no. He has he, he has people writing for him. Turn to go on Twitter, for right? Him. Right. Yeah, and but yeah, he can dictate what he wants on there. Yeah, like most of the people do that. With brains in their head. Then you have our ex-president. <laughs> Didn't care. <laughs> but yeah, I, listen, man. All I'm saying is, Tony Khan um, can handle this shit a little bit differently. And again, Vince gets retires, and then Tony Khan's like, "Ah, look at me! I'm the longest standing, you know." Did CEO, not need blah, to say blah, blah, that. Blah. I, I, right. I'm not disagreeing with you, by the way. Tony yeah, Khan yeah. needs to bring it. He needs to stop hugging his wrestlers like he's a child. Right. You get a joy out of it, but here's the problem: when you're trying to run that, I mean, CM Punk's going to be booking this company in, within a couple, within a year or two. That's the way I looked at it. Hey, Tony, you know what? You should push this guy. Oh, you're right, CM Punk. Good golly, you're so right. I love you. Pulse of personality. He's just playing this song everywhere he goes. That's that's Tony Khan's ring, ringer. Don't think about it. <laughs> like Mussolini. So I get what you're saying, but I mean, I, I want to... They are not competing against WWE. There is no competition. You're right. They are, they are getting 
under, under, they're getting between three and four million dollars. Uh, I have the hiccups like a motherfucker right now. I apologize. <laughs> I don't like that little cocksucker. <laughs> wow, <It's> bad. <sighs> we have. We have to dispel this rumor here that AEW needs to draw a WWE numbers. They don't. They got to draw good enough numbers to stay on television and get paid. That's what they need. So this idea that they're not, that they're going to be failure. I'm not going to count my chickens until I see that TV contract. But by all accounts, they're building up very, they're, they're, they're donating a hundred thousand dollars to sharks for discovery they're doing everything they can in terms of cross promotion for discovery. They're doing that ridiculous, you know, sports entertainment shit that they did last week. They're trying oh, the to play tank. ball. It, it's, it's ridiculous. The shark cage, and then like you know, hey, we couldn't, we we can't open the cage, and then we're gonna throw Jericho into a spider web of barbed wire, and yeah, that was great. Well, what we the the reality is is they don't need to draw two million people every Wednesday night. They don't. They don't. They just need to be good enough to get a new TV deal and stay afloat. They do that, then they're in good shape. They don't need to be WWE. They're not WWE. Just Vince McMahon's version of WWE has been around for four decades. WrestleMania is a household name. Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, the, the legacy throughout the company, the memories, the fandom that they have built. AEW is not touching that anytime soon, and nor any company should. It's beyond my belief that people are trying to compare them to their numbers. They're never NXT was different because NXT was around is was a jack, no offense, but it, I don't want to say jack up brand, but it was a brand that was only on the internet that not a lot of people were watching consistently. And it wasn't any major, major, major stars that people knew knew outside of Indies, outside of Adam. You know, there were a few, don't get me wrong, but none of them that were big as the Young Bucks became or as Cody Rhodes became or as Kenny Omega became. Plus, you had John Moxley, former world champion. NXT was never that. So it was unfair to put NXT and stupid to put NXT up against AEW. They failed miserably, and then they ran off to Tuesday night. I know there were other extenuating circumstances as well, but the only reason they put NXT there was to fuck AEW. This, so that's why this war whole thing war started. But make no mistake, AEW should not be in competition with WWE and stop having two million as their benchmark. Just get over a million consistently right now. Get yourself a TV deal and move on and stop worrying so much about WWE. And to your point, Khan needs to do that. I agree with that. Um, let me ask you a quick question here. Did you get by chance? I'm just looking them up. Did you see the ratings for Raw with uh, Triple H's first Raw? They got about 11% bump from what I read. Yeah, they went from one nine, uh, 1,900,000 or so is what they got. And the previous week was 1,765,000. Yeah. And he blew it because that, that, I mean, then again, a lot of people thought it was one of the best Raws in a while. I didn't think so. I thought it was, it seemed like it was the same fucking thing, same product, to be honest with you. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I um, but, Wait, I will say this. Vince McMahon apparently wrote Monday Night Show on yeah. Thursday. So right, I right. think tomorrow is going to be really indicative of what Triple H is doing. So I, I'm doing a wait and see, but go ahead. Sorry about that. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, because I heard about Vince sort of writing in, I think 
Uh, Triple H probably just sort of needled certain things. Um, like, for instance, Roman's line to theory about, like, hey, your daddy's not here anymore. That I, that my thought, you know what? Not the, Yeah, that was great. That line was fantastic. Um, the who's your daddy yeah. chance that preceded it. That was fantastic playing it off the New York crowd and what they might react to. And then just what I said, I think I even texted you as I saw it, I go watching the Usos and Heyman's reaction to Roman saying that was just perfect. It was great, man. Cause and then one, one other note about it. it. Yes, exactly. You're hundred percent right. And here's one other note about Heyman. You and I discussed it. Uh, in um, not this, not this uh, coming up uh, WrestleMania in Los Angeles, but the following one in 2024 is going to be in Philadelphia. I think, I think WWE would be foolish to not incorporate Paul Heyman into the WWE hall of fame in that weekend. I don't think he wants to go in yet. Uh, I don't know when the next Philadelphia WrestleMania will happen. And I would say to him, Paul, this is when it's going to happen. I've, I've seen an, an interview with him asking about that. And he said, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get it till he's retired. That's what I, that was the gist I got from it. I don't know that I, this was a, a shoot interview from a couple of years back. Heyman is not the kind of guy who looks back a real lot. If you ever listen to him, he doesn't talk. He likes to talk about the old days and he likes to talk, tell stories, but he's always selling something. Right, right, right. Uh, but the guy's still brilliant. Everything he did with Roman Reigns has been an absolute one of the some of the best work he's ever done in his career. He carried Brock Lesnar on the mic for for over a yeah. decade, for just for about a decade. So, and and not only that, he, he did everything in what he did with ECW. He had a great run as Polly Dangerously, Sloan SWAT team, the original Midnight Express, uh, the Danger, the Dangerous Alliance. I mean, Paul Heyman, first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't. I think it would be a great opportunity. I'm not sure if Heyman goes in though this early. And also, the guy for a manager is still pretty young. You know, I think he's only pushing he's in early 60s. So he's still- I'm just thinking I'm just thinking about the rotation of locations that they have for WrestleMania and what they try to do. I don't know when, you know, they might have another one. And I think it'd just be perfect. And it's like it just adds to the aura. Him speaking on behalf of Roman or wherever else he might be speaking on behalf of Brock in the future. I mean, I don't know who else you would say is a Paul Heyman guy in the future if we're looking into a crystal ball, but uh, yeah, I don't think you you miss this opportunity. It's, a, it's about a year and a half down the road or so. It, yeah. it would be it's the perfect crowd. You're gonna have the ECW chance. Just the stories him talking about, like him not paying his wrestlers. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding, uh, but just like him just talking about different guys that he worked with. Um, and, and honestly, that'd be funny if Raven introduces. Yeah, I was gonna Raven, say, Drunk yeah, and Raven been, introduces him. Yeah, they got like it'd be nice if he actually paid us. It's fine. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm thinking it would. I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually like somebody like Roman that would introduce, like induct him, if you will. But um, I mean, one of the greatest minds in wrestling that we've ever seen. You and I are both great fans of him, and um, I'm hoping to be there with you in Philly in a year and a half uh, at WrestleMania. It would be great. I, I we have some things cooking where we're going to get some press passes. It, Things going slow, obviously, but we're going to get there. Um, maybe even earlier than that, so we'll see. But definitely excited about WrestleMania 40. The other prediction, which you brought, would you text me? And then I saw a few other people mention it online. Could you see MJF 
try to beat Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. Wow. That would be a hot crowd for that match, man. That would be something else, and it would work perfectly. I mean, I, I, it writes itself. And like, you know, last week, you and I were talking about who stays, who goes to WWE. We brought up Bruce Pritchard. If Bruce Pritchard wasn't involved in any of these like sexual shenanigans that was like Vince and Laurinaitis were involved in and they could just like deal with him, having him be like sort of the like the security blanket for MJF, because as MJF has mentioned to him a few different promos at AEW, he's got a rapport with him. Maybe that's the guy that he sort of like, you know, links to in, in addition to Cody and just makes things smooth. You got to keep him around for that. Just a lot just MJF alone. I don't think there's only so much though that can change creatively if the wrestlers are giving a script every night. I think that fly. That, I think it's still going to come off, but not genuine. <coughs> but that, um, that, but then again, that happens in, when when it's scripted too, and the wrestler doesn't know what they're doing. It's it's a give and take. Sometimes you need a wrestler is really good with the lines, and sometimes they're better just coming off the cuff. Sometimes is MJF. Yeah. So I don't know if he's a guy, but we'll we'll see what happens. But. Does Triple H continue having all these writers involved? Does that happen as well? That those things like that, if the structure, like stuff like that, stays in place, I don't necessarily know how much it's going to change. It's an interesting point, and and not only the writers, but you know, if I were Triple H, I'd also look at that room and some of the older minds that have been there forever. And I'm looking at Michael Michael Hayes, especially. Ah. Oh. Right. And it's like Triple H has these guys that were fired from NXT and are tremendous minds in their own. Right. Road dog. He's already. Well, I forget the guy that was like used to work for ROH um, that Vince fired. And he was like sort of Paul Heyman guy as well. So, like, if they're going to utilize Heyman more, and maybe this other guy whose name eludes me right now, Freddie um, Prince Jr. You know, Freddie Prince, man, he said something recently about um, Kevin Dunn of all people. He did an interview, and he he would go and 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 Freddie Prince would go and basically had a storyline for like months blocked out for a female wrestler, and as soon as he started going into it. Kevin Dunn would say, well, she's not pretty enough to go and be the champion. Yeah. And that would go and basically block it out. And it's like that sort of attitude. What that was Becky. It was Becky Lynch. He got it. Fire Kevin Dunn was was trending earlier in the week because it was leaked that that was Becky Lynch. He was talking about who became arguably the biggest female star in WWE history. And and that's another guy who's got to leave. Yeah, like, you know, you and I were talking about Pritchard and I could see him. You know, it's a 50 50 sort of thing right now. But Kevin Dunn. Like he's been there for what, close to what, twenty-five, almost thirty years, right? It's a time. It's time to go and get rid of that guy. So Pritchard also is a, the other thing about Pritchard too, Blavati, and I'm, I agree with you about no. Kevin Dunn. Yeah, There's a lot of bad mojo going on there. But the other thing about Bruce Pritchard is he's a guy that can do a multiple things. He can help Triple H with the talent relations. He can produce a lot of segments, backstage segments, and be a producer as well. So Pritchard has been has worn a lot of hats in his time. So I, I and he's got a great respect for Stephanie. It almost sounds like he's like a cool un- uncle to Stephanie. Don't know what his relationship is with Triple H, but 
again, I, I just listening to his show, it seems like Pritchard always was on the outskirts of the real devious shit that WWE was doing and Vince was doing. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I, I and, and like you know, as far as my you know, and I've watched Pritchard's pro- podcast. Like, I, he's not a he's not a bad guy, even like as you mentioned. So, I'm open. I'm hoping that they can maybe he can stick around if if anything. But there's some, certain other minds that they got to go and stop getting like advice from. And I think Triple H is the kind of guy who's confident enough in what he's done in his own career, um, and and basically makes start making changes really. And they got to go and start making. A better product. I mean, hell, the SummerSlam is TV fourteen. You got to start u- utilizing that to the best of your abilities. Making it more adult instead of just writing to somebody that's twelve years old. <laughs> let's start making this a little bit more adult. It's going to be exciting times. I think you're really going to see Triple H's stamp tomorrow night or tonight. I should say when you're watching this and, re- and hearing this. Tonight on SmackDown, you're going to see his first big-time stamp. Something big's going to happen, possibly involving Seth Rollins. And then this is his baby. He's been given SummerSlam and only eight days to prepare for it. But he can really do something big here. Let's see what he does. Folks, thank you for listening to us. This is Silicon Steve Alley. Body Dottie, we have three matches. We have three matches different. I am down by only one single match going into this week after I gained one match in the prior pay-per-view. I forget which one it was, but I am one match out, but this can go either way. We can have one of us can sweep. If you sweep, I'm in a ton of trouble. I'll be down four matches. If I sweep, I'm up by two. Anybody's ball game, we'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Silicon Steve Alley, Body Dottie, coming to you every single solitary week here talking about the biggest news in professional wrestling. Body Dottie, anything else you want to say before we get out of here on High Spots Cheap Pop? Uh, no, man, uh, I'm just going to say keep it positive, enjoy the wrestling that's uh, on the horizon here, and uh, it's great to uh, try to entertain and inform as best as we can, and thank you for all your support all along the way. Much love, everybody. This is Silicon Steve Alley for Vladi. You have listened to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Here ended the lesson. Subscribe on YouTube. Like on Spotify.